from CJBT Productions, the team that brings you the Music Halls of Fame podcast, comes the Music History Today daily podcast, where we bring you a quick daily briefing of the musical events, births, and passings that happened on that particular day. So, if you love music and history, then please like, subscribe, and share the Music History Today daily podcast out every day on Spotify, Amazon Podcasts, Google, Apple, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcast from. The following is a CJBT Productions podcast. This is the Music Halls of Fame podcast, episode number 11. This week, we honor the year 1996 and an inductee of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame class of 1996. We discuss putting Pat Benatar into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and our Spotlight Museum is the Patsy Cline Museum in Nashville, Tennessee. This podcast celebrates those who have been inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. We'll also look at the case for certain artists to be inducted into the hall who aren't there yet. Plus, every week we'll discuss a different musical Hall of Fame, Walk of Fame, or Museum and celebrate someone who's been inducted into them. Let's start with our main focus of the podcast, which is the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. The Hall Foundation was established on April 20, 1983. Former Atlantic Records chairman Ahmet Erdogan was the head of the foundation at the time. Three years later, a committee chose Cleveland, Ohio to be the site of the physical location for the museum over Detroit, New York City, Philadelphia, Memphis, and Cincinnati. I say physical location because members have actually been inducted into the hall since 1986 before the building was even opened. Cleveland, Ohio was chosen due to what DJ Alan Freed did to promote rock and roll, including mainstreaming the phrase rock and roll, which was originally black slang for sex, and for holding the first rock and roll concert in Cleveland. Ground was broken for the building on June 7, 1993. The building opened on September 1, 1995 at 1100 Rock and Roll Boulevard on the shore of Lake Erie. The hall gets over 400,000 visitors a year on average. Normal hours of operation are 10 a.m. to 5 p.m., except for Thursdays when they're open until 9 p.m. They're normally open later in the summer months. General admission at the moment is $30. Children 6 through 12 are $20. College students, first responders, military members, and Northeast Ohio residents are $25. And kids 5 and under... Hall of Fame members and Cleveland residents are free. ID is required to get the discounts. Rockhall.com is their website. That's R-O-C-K-H-A-L-L dot C-O-M. As with all places these days, due to COVID restrictions, check with the website for updated information and hours. 
The criteria for being inducted into the hall was originally that, quote, artists have to have had released their first record 25 years earlier and have created music whose originality, impact, and influence has changed the course of rock and roll, end quote. That interpretation has been updated in recent decades to include music that rock and roll influenced, like reggae and country and hip-hop, and also youth culture that music has influenced and vice versa, which is why hip-hop artists have been inducted. The different categories that people can be inducted for are, for starters, musical excellence, which is for artists, musicians, songwriters, and producers who have had a dramatic impact on music, Early influencers, who are artists whose music influence rock music and youth culture, like jazz and blues. The Amit Erdogan Award, which is named for famed record executive Amit Erdogan, and goes to a non-performer who's had an impact, like record executives and managers. There's also a category that inducted songs that have influenced music. For instance, the Trog's classic Wild Thang and also Sam the Sham and the Pharaoh's Wooly Bully. Of course, the most popular category is the performers category, which has everyone from Elvis to Tina Turner. The different nominating committees decide who will make the official ballots for that year, and then the ballots are sent to a thousand musicologists, executives, performers, and other experts. The fans also get a chance to vote, with that vote usually being held on the Hall's website. Then from that, the final inductees are chosen. Now then, with all that being said, let's take a look at this week's honoree. The year was 1996. The inflation rate in America was at 2.93%. The Dow Jones Industrial Average ended the year at 6,448. The interest rate held by the Federal Reserve was 8.25%. Average cost of a new house was $118,200. Average income for the year was $36,300. Average monthly rent was $554. A new car set you back $16,300 on average. A gallon of gas was $1.22, and the minimum wage was raised to $5.15 per hour. Democrat Bill Clinton won re-election as President of the United States, beating Republican Bob Dole. John Howard became Prime Minister of Australia. Yasser Arafat was re-elected as president of the Palestinian Authority. Boris Yeltsin was re-elected president of Russia. And Benjamin Netanyahu became prime minister of Israel. The year started off with one of the worst blizzards to hit the eastern United States in years, killing over 150 people. TWA Flight 800 crashed 12 minutes after takeoff from John F. Kennedy International Airport. At first, terrorism was blamed, but the investigation revealed that a short circuit in the central fuel tank ignited fuel vapors. 
Among those killed in that disaster were NHL hockey player Michel Bristroff, guitarist Marcel Daddy, composer David Hogan, and interior designer Jed Johnson. Value Jet Flight 592 crashed after oxygen canisters in its cargo hold exploded, killing 110 people. A bomb planted by the real Irish Republican Army killed over 200 people in Manchester, England, and a bomb planted in Atlanta's Centennial Olympic Park during the Summer Olympics killed six people. At first, security guard Richard Jewell was blamed for planting the bomb. It would be years, though, before his name was finally cleared and the real domestic terrorist, Eric Rudolph, would be brought to justice. JonBenet Ramsey was killed inside her home in Boulder, Colorado. The murder of the six-year-old girl, which created a media storm, has not been solved as of yet. Dolly the sheep became the first cloned mammal. Eight mountain climbers were killed after being trapped by a blizzard on Mount Everest. There was a movie made about that. A fire at the Ozone Disco in the Philippines killed 163 people, and the Hale-Bopp comet caused a stir, since the next time anybody will see it will be in the year 4,380. Keith Richards will still be alive at that point. Speaking of, famous people who were born in 1996 include actors Tom Holland, Zendaya, Haley Steinfeld, Florence Pugh, Anya Taylor-Joy, Emma Mackey, Sophie Turner, Anya Charlatra, Jacob Batalon, Ella Purnell, Abigail Breslin, Courtney Eaton, Brianna Hildebrand, tennis players Ashley Barty and Daniil Medvedev, football players Joe Burrow, Christian McCaffrey, and Josh Allen, basketball players Devin Booker, Terrence Mann and Ben Simmons, gamer and streamer Pokimane, wrestler Rhea Ripley, gymnast Michaela Skinner, and models Haley Baldwin and Bella Hadid. Among the people who passed away in 1996 were actor Gene Kelly, film producer Don Simpson, politician Barbara Jordan, cartoonist Jerry Siegel, actor Martin Balsam, actor McLean Stevenson, comedian George Burns, comedian Minnie Pearl, actor Vince Edwards, politician Ron Brown, writer Irma Bombeck, actress Greer Garson, social activist Timothy Leary, fashion model Margot Hemingway, actress Dana Hill, actress Jean Muir, actress Claudette Colbert, politician Spiro Agnew, French Prime Minister Michel Debray, French President Francois Mitterrand, politician Edmund Muskie, actor Greg Morris, dancer and actress Juliette Prowse, actress Dorothy L'Amour, chemist Jeffrey Wilkinson, tennis player René Lacoste, German Nazi Artur Axman, diplomat and alleged spy Alger Hiss, actor Howard Rollins, actor Marcello Mastroliani, football commissioner Pete Rozelle, and astronomer Carl Sagan. The Nobel Peace Prize was shared between Carlos Felipe 
Zimenez Bello and Jose Ramos Horta of East Timor for their work in resolving the war in East Timor. Scientist David Ho was named Time Magazine's Person of the Year for his work on AIDS research, and Denzel Washington was named People Magazine's Sexiest Man Alive. In technology, emails were sent more than snail mail for the first time. The first USB cable was released. The IBM computer Deep Blue beat chess master Gary Kasparov for the first time. The web TV computer console was released. Ask.com was created. Google first went into development. The first computer graphics card, the 3D Blaster card, was released. Palm Pilot was announced. The Alexa AI program was first started. It, of course, is now known as Alexa from Amazon. Expedia.com started, as did IMDB.com and MySpace.com, where Tom was your first friend. Cyberlink, JavaSoft, and Netgear were founded in 1996. Apple bought Next Computers, which brought Steve Jobs back into the company. And Memorex filed for bankruptcy. In video games, Crash Bandicoot, Resident Evil, Diablo, Gearheads, Dead or Alive, Lara Croft, Tomb Raider, Super Mario 64, and Duke Nukem 3D all came out for the first time in 1996. Also out that year was a certain console that became very popular, the Nintendo 64. In books, John Grisham's The Runaway Jury was the biggest-selling fiction book. Other big sellers were from Tom Clancy, Stephen King, Michael Crichton, Richard Bachman, and Danielle Steele. The big mystery, though, in books was who wrote the Bill Clinton political campaign novel Primary Colors, which was credited to Anonymous. It was later revealed that Anonymous was actually Time Magazine writer Joe Klein. On the nonfiction side, Hillary Rodham Clinton, Dennis Rodman, OJ prosecutor Christopher Darden, Oprah Winfrey, Al Franken, Frank McCourt, and Walter Cronkite all had best selling books. In sports, the Dallas Cowboys won the Super Bowl, which was held for the season in 1997 in New Orleans. The halftime show theme was the Blues Brothers Bash, which featured the Blues Brothers Band, ZZ Top, and James Brown. In other sports, Nebraska won the NCAA football championship. The New York Yankees won the World Series. The Chicago Bulls won the NBA championship. Kentucky won the NCAA Men's Basketball Championship, while Tennessee won the NCAA Women's Basketball Championship. Oscar De La Hoya beat Julio Cesar Chavez to win the WBC Boxing Junior Welterweight Championship. Bjorn Rees won the Tour de France. Grindstone won the Kentucky Derby, but couldn't quite pull off the Triple Crown, losing both the Preakness and the Belmont Stakes. The Colorado Avalanche won Hockey's Stanley Cup, and Buffalo won the Major Indoor Lacrosse Championship. At the Summer Olympics, which were held in Atlanta, Georgia, the U.S. won both the most medals and the most gold medals. 
those Olympics, though, are probably better known for Muhammad Ali lighting the Olympic cauldron and for that aforementioned Olympic Park bombing. In tennis, Steffi Graf won three of the four major tennis tournaments, with Monica Seles winning the Australian Open, while on the men's front, Pete Sampras won the U.S. Open, Boris Becker won the Australian Open, Yvetny Kafelnikov won the French Open, and Richard Krychek won Wimbledon. In golf, Nick Faldo won the Masters Golf Tournament, Tom Lehman won the British Open, Steve Jones won the U.S. Open, and Mark Brooks won the PGA Championship. However, the big story, on the men's side at least, happened towards the end of the year, when Tiger Woods turned professional. In Tiger's first five tournaments that he played in that year, he placed tied for fifth, tied for third, first, third, first. On the women's side, Patty Sheehan won the Nabisco Dinosaur Tournament, Laura Davies won the LPGA Championship and the Demure Classic, and Annika Sorenstan won the U.S. Women's Open. In motorsports, Damon Hill won the Formula One Championship, Terry Labonte won the NASCAR Championship, Jimmy Vassar won the IndyCar season, while Scott Sharp and Buzz Calkins tied for the IndyCar Racing League Championship. In soccer, Germany won the UEFA Euro 1996 football tournament. In World Soccer League Championships, though, Atletico Madrid won in Spain, Manchester United won in England, Auxerre won in France, Milan won in Italy, Borussia Dortmund won in Germany, and D.C. United won the inaugural Major League Soccer Cup here in America. In movies, Twister, which was a big movie in 1996, became the first movie to be released on DVD. The biggest movie of the year, though, was Independence Day. Other movies out in 1996 include The Rock, Mission Impossible, Jerry Maguire, Scream, Trainspotting, Mars Attacks, Twelve Monkeys, From Dust Till Dawn, Happy Gilmore, Broken Arrow, The Birdcage, The Craft, The Cable Guy, First Wives Club, Space Jam, Shazam, Star Trek First Contact, Ransom, Fargo, and The English Patient, which actually won Best Picture at the Academy Awards, along with Anthony Mangella for Best Director, Juliette Binoche for Best Supporting Actress, and Gabriel Yered for Best Original Film Score for The English Patient. You Must Be Loved from Evita, by the way, won Best Song that year. The Best Actor Oscar went to Jeffrey Rush for Shine, Frances McDormand won Best Actress for Fargo, and Cuba Gooding Jr. won Best Supporting Actor for Jerry Maguire. In television, the Sundance Channel debuted, as did Third Rock from the Sun. Also, Moesha, VH1 Storytellers, Boston Common, Dexter's Laboratory, The Rosie O'Donnell Show, The Daily Show, Keenan and Kel, The Steve Harvey Show, The Jamie Foxx Show, Seventh Heaven, Access Hollywood, Spin City, Pop-Up Video, Sabrina the Teenage Witch, Judge Judy, Hannity and Combs, and The O'Reilly Factor. 
Ending that year were The Phil Donahue Show, The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, The New Mickey Mouse Club, The Original Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, Murder, She Wrote, The Original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Tales from the Crypt, California Dreams, Quack Pack, and Picket Fences. The top 10 TV shows for the 1996 season were ER, Seinfeld, Suddenly Susan, Friends, The Naked Truth, Fired Up, Monday Night Football, The Single Guy, Home Improvement, and Touched by an Angel. At the Emmy Awards, Frasier took home Best Comedy and ER won Best Drama. In music, two teenagers tried to blame the song Israel's Son by Silverchair for them killing their parents and younger brother. The jury didn't buy that one single bit. Jimmy Buffett's plane was accidentally fired on by Jamaican authorities after being mistaken for a drug trafficking plane. Lisa Marie Presley and Michael Jackson divorced. The musical Rent premiered. The classic lineup of Kiss Reunited, Take That Split Up, and MC Hammer filed for bankruptcy. Dave Gahan of Depeche Mode overdosed on speed and cocaine and was pronounced clinically dead for two minutes before being revived. He was then arrested and ordered to spend nine months in rehab. Sammy Hagar left Van Halen, the MTV2 video music channel launched, and Alice in Chains played their last concert with lead singer Lane Staley. Staley passed away two years later from a drug overdose. Artists who were born in 1996 include rappers 6ix9ine, Lil Peep, Lil Xan, and Playboy Cardi. Singers Lord, Alicia Cara, Summer Walker, Louis Capaldi, Jack Galinsky, Luke Hemmings, Austin Mahone, and Jenny Kim. Bradley Noel of Sublime passed away from a heroin overdose in 1996. Tupac was gunned down in a drive-by shooting in Las Vegas. Other artists who passed away in 1996 include composer Irving Cesar, singer Farron Young, musician Bill Monroe, jazz great Ella Fitzgerald, singer Tiny Tim, jazz musician Eddie Harris, Turkish singer Zeki Murin, Brazilian singer Renato Russo, Danish composer Von Holmbo, German musician Rio Reiser, composer David Tudor, musician Johnny Guitar Watkins, musician Bradley Noel, bassist Bernard Edwards of Chic, musician Jeffrey Lee Pierce, Mexican singer Lola Beltran, Polish composer Mesekla Weinberg, musician Jerry Mulligan, composer Jonathan Larson, and musician Lex Baxter. Alanis Morissette's Jagged Little Pill was the best-selling album of 1996, followed by Celine Dion's Falling Into You, The Fuji's Score, No Doubt's Tragic Kingdom, Mariah Carey's Daydream, Tupac's All Eyes on Me, Metallica's Load, Tony Braxton's Secrets, Shania Twain's The Woman in Me, and Oasis's What's the Story? Morning Glory. Los Del Rio had the best-selling single of 1996 with The Macarena. The Macarena was actually also the biggest-selling song of the decade. 
The other big sellers were Mariah Carey and Boys to Men with One Sweet Day, Celine Dion's Because You Loved Me, the Tony Rich Project's Nobody Knows, Mariah Carey's Always Be My Baby, Tracy Chapman's Give Me One Reason, Bone Thugs and Harmonies, The Crossroads, Donna Lewis's I Love You Always Forever, Tony Braxton's You're Making Me High, and Keith Sweat's Twisted. At the Grammy Awards, Celine Dion won Album of the Year for Falling Into You, Eric Clapton won Record and Song of the Year for Change the World, and Leanne Rimes won for Best New Artist. They don't call them the Granny Awards for nothing, you know. At the Eurovision Singing Contest held in Oslo, Norway, Emir Quinn from Ireland won for the song The Voice. At the Tony Awards, Rent won Best Musical, and The King and I won Best Revival of a Musical. At the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction ceremony, the Hall inducted rock and roll disc jockey Tom Big Daddy Donahue into the non-performers category. Pete Seeger was inducted into the early influencers category. And in the performers category, well, the Hall inducted Jefferson Airplane, Gladys Knight and the Pips, Little Willie John, Pink Floyd, The Shirelles, The Velvet Underground, and this next legend. He was born on January 8, 1947. Growing up, he became hooked on rock and roll, specifically Elvis Presley, the man who he actually shares a birthday with. He also developed a fondness for theatrical performances, a characteristic that would help shape his career. He started out recording under his own name while he was part of a group in 1963 until January 14, 1966, when he released a single, Can't Stop Thinking About Me, under his new last name. The name was actually changed so he wouldn't be confused with another artist who was gaining popularity on a TV show at that time. In June of 1969, he was on the outs with his record label. His first album was a complete flop, and he was looking for a new label. His manager negotiated a one-record deal with another label, so into the studio he went. And on June 22, 1969, he recorded a reworked version of a song he recorded earlier that year for a promotional film. The song was inspired by another film, 2001 A Space Odyssey. The song was released on July 11, 1969. The song's timing was intentional. At that time, the Apollo space missions were huge news. Apollo 11 had taken off on its history-making voyage to the moon, and the song wasn't released until after the mission since it told the story of an astronaut who was lost during a space mission. Once the song was released, it became a big hit in England and Mr. Jones, who by then had changed his name to Bowie, had suddenly found his 
foot in the door of the music industry. The rest, as they say, is history. David Bowie became one of the most influential artists of all time. The astronaut who was lost on the song's mission, Major Tom, was found, sort of, in the 1980s in a sequel of sorts to the song called Major Tom Coming Home by Peter Schilling. Bowie's song, Space Oddity, is in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame as one of the 500 songs that helped shape rock and roll. The famous studio version of the song was actually recorded June 22, 1969. Though he finally had a hit on his hands in 1969, it wasn't until 1972 that Bowie took glam rock by the throat and made it his own by creating a character named Ziggy Stardust. Then, once he was finished with that character, he created a new one called The Thin White Duke. In the 1970s, Bowie put out classic albums, Scary Monster, Aladdin Sane, Diamond Dogs, The Rise and Fall of Ziggy Stardust and the Spiders from Mars, Young Americans, Heroes, and Station to Station. As the 1980s began, David wanted to take his career in a new direction. And what he really wanted was mass popularity. He wanted hit singles, at least at that moment in time. Enter Nile Rodgers. Nile Rodgers was born in 1952 in New York City. In 1970, both he and Bernard Edwards formed the band Chic. The band's debut album in 1977 came out at the perfect time as disco was just beginning to hit its peak. The album had the disco hits Dance, 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 and Everybody Dance. 1978's Say Chic had the hit song that inspired the dance craze Le Freak, along with the song I Want Your Love. 1979's album Risqué had the classic song Good Times, whose bass line inspired artists like Duran Duran's John Taylor to play bass guitar, inspired songs like Queen's Another One Bites the Dust, and was ripped off slash sampled extremely heavily for the groundbreaking hip-hop single Rapper's Delight by the Sugar Hill Gang. Once Sheik broke up in the early 1980s, Rogers went on to write songs for such artists as Sister Sledge, Daft Punk, and Diana Ross, and he also helped to produce a lot of popular albums to this very day, like In Excess's Original Sin, Duran Duran's Notorious, Madonna's Like a Virgin, and the last album, From Daft Punk. According to Billy Idol, the story goes that in 1982, both he and Nile Rodgers were at an after-hours club in New York and saw Bowie sitting at a booth by himself. Both of them were afraid to go up to him because while both of them had hits on the charts for a few years by then, David Bowie was musical royalty and held icon status to musicians even in the early 1980s. Eventually, both of them did go up and say hi. From that meeting, Bowie got the idea to work with Rogers on his next album, Let's Dance, instead of his usual producer, Tony Visconti. The album itself only took 17 days to record and mix as David came into the session with a bunch of ideas ready-made. One of those ideas was the album's lead single and title track. 
David wrote the song as, in his words, a folk song, quote-unquote. Nile took that song, rearranged it, and gave it a beat. Nile also played guitar on the song. But the long guitar solo at the end of the song, and also on David's other song, China Girl, was done by none other than the late great blues guitarist Stevie Ray Vaughan, who Bowie had met in 1982 at a music festival. The song became Bowie's biggest selling single of his career and helped the Let's Dance album sell almost 11 million copies worldwide. The song, Let's Dance, hit number one in 14 different countries, including America, where it was also the 18th biggest single of 1983. The album was nominated for Album of the Year, but it lost that award to that guy with the one glove who did a dance called the Moonwalk back then. Bowie would go on to make a couple more albums that were geared towards his new mass audience, but neither of them did as well as Let's Dance. He would go back to his innovative style with a band project called Tin Machine, along with working with Trent Reznor of Nine Inch Nails fame. On January 8, 2016, David released his final album. People didn't realize it at the time, but the album was about his death as he had privately been dealing with liver cancer for two years prior to that. On January 10, 2016, two days after release of his final album and two days after his birthday, David Bowie passed away. Trendsetter, innovator, the man who changed his name from David Jones so he wouldn't be confused with Davy Jones of the Monkees, Major Tom, Starman, the Thin White Duke, Ziggy Stardust. We pay homage and respect to the man who's influenced music for five decades and to this very day. Presented for induction by another David, David Byrne of the Talking Heads, who themselves were inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2002, David Bowie, inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, Class of 1996. This week, we're going to make the case for Pat Benatar to be inducted into the upcoming class of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. As always, to the tale of the tape we go. Pat had nine top 40 albums with two multi-platinum albums and five platinum albums. Pat's also had 15 top 40 hits, with four of those songs hitting the top 10. As far as awards go... She's been nominated for nine Grammy Awards, winning four of them. Those four wins were a four-year stranglehold on the Best Female Rock Vocal Performance category, which she won between 1981 to 1984 with 
Crimes of Passion in 1981, Fire and Ice in 1982, Shadows of the Night in 1983, and Love is a Battlefield in 1984. What's most important is that during her career, Pat fought against her record companies numerous times concerning her image and made it a little bit easier for women in rock to gain some respect in the industry, which is way overdue. She was also the second artist and the first female artist whose video was played on MTV when her song, You Better Run, was played right after the Buggles hit Video Killed the Radio Star. Also, one of the biggest trivia answers of all time. Now, if you want to get your feet wet with Pat Benatar, then go with her greatest hits album called Best Shots. That album has her hits, Love is a Battlefield, Hit Me With Your Best Shot, Shadows of the Night, and so many more. And if you want a deep dive, then go with the albums In the the Heat of the Night, Crimes of Passion, Precious Time, Get Nervous, and Live from Earth. Now, I realize that the Hall has this thing about being an all-boys club, but it looks like it's finally beginning to loosen its grip on that idea, judging by how many women were inducted into this past year's class. The Hall should continue the trend of putting quality women into its ranks and induct Pat Benatar into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. In Nashville, Tennessee, stands the Country Music Hall of Fame. About two blocks over from there, at 119 3rd Avenue South, stands the Johnny Cash Museum, which was started by Shannon and Bill Miller. The couple had always wanted to start another museum of memorabilia in honor of another country music legend, but didn't have the opportunity until a sad event happened. The legend's husband, Charlie Dick, passed away in 2015. He left behind a ton of memorabilia that he hadn't shared with the world at that point. Shannon and Bill got the items and on the second floor of their Johnny Cash Museum, created a museum for that legendary artist, Miss Patsy Cline. At the museum, you can find many items from her life, including handmade cowgirl costumes that she wore during her show and a recreation of her dining room. The Patsy Cline Museum is open seven days a week from 9 a.m. to 7 p.m., but closed on Thanksgiving and Christmas. Tickets are $18.95 for adults, $14.95 for kids ages 6 through 15. There are $1 discounts for AAA members, military members, seniors, and students with ID. Kids under four are free with adult admission. As always, due to COVID restrictions, check with the museum's website before you go, as they may or may not be opened at that particular time. You never know these days. www.patsy.com museum.com is their website. That's P-A-T-S-Y-M-U-S-E-U-M dot C-O-M. 
No one knew it at the time, but a young woman who was on TV the night of January 21, 1957, would go on to become a country music icon, and it actually took a reality TV show to do it. Back in the 1940s and 50s, Arthur Godfrey was the Dick Clark, or Ryan Seacrest these days, of television. He had a bunch of shows, both on the radio and TV, and was a household name at that point. One of his shows was called Arthur Godfrey's Talent Scouts, where amateur entertainers would get their big break. It was a contest show. People would go on, do their performances, and the audience would pick the winner. Think of it as American Idol before there was such a thing. In order to be on the show, you had to audition. Some people who were deemed not worthy to be on the show were Buddy Holly and Elvis Presley. Go figure. That doesn't, however, detract from the show's track record. That show's list of soon-to-be stars who got their start on the show are, among others, Tony Bennett, Pat Boone, Lenny Bruce, and Marilyn Horn. Not a bad list. On January 21, 1957, the young woman from Winchester, Virginia, went on the show and performed the song Walking After Midnight. She won the contest that night, and that was when the world first heard Patsy Cline. Patsy would go on to have many hits from 1957 to 1963, although the meat of her career would be after 1960, including this classic song. The song Crazy was written by country legend Willie Nelson. When Patsy Cline's husband first brought the song to her attention, he reportedly said, quote, the song's crazy, end quote, to which Patsy reportedly said, quote, it certainly is, end quote. Guess she wasn't a big fan of the original version, but to be fair, Willie's demo track had him speaking the words instead of singing them. Patsy gave it a chance, though, recorded the song on August 21, 1961, and released it on October 16, 1961. The song became a big hit, going to number two on the Billboard Country Chart and top ten on the Pop Singles Chart. Patsy was tragically killed in a plane crash in 1963, but she remains an icon to this day. She made her name for herself first by winning Arthur Godfrey's Talent Scouts TV contest and with one of her biggest hits, the song Crazy. Her voice would be an inspiration for many singers, including Reba McIntyre and Leanne Rimes. She's on Rolling Stone magazine's list of 100 greatest singers and is also a member of the Country Music Hall of Fame. And you can find many items from Patsy Cline's life at the Patsy Cline Museum in Nashville, Tennessee. And that is it for the Music Halls of Fame podcast, episode 11. Thanks for listening. Audio engineering and editing, video editing, writing, narration, basically everything having to do with this podcast is done by yours truly. 
You can find us on our website at cjbtproductions.com. Our podcast is on all of your favorite podcast providers, such as Apple Music, Google Podcasts, CastBox, Spotify, etc., all under Music History Today. If you would like to support this podcast, our Patreon can be found at patreon.com backslash music history today we are also on twitter at music history day and you can now find us on youtube don't forget to like subscribe and hit that notification bell anytime you want to know exactly what videos are dropped and when all of those links can be found in the show notes below thank you very very much for listening